0: Hey, it's Scott Petrick with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. We're recording a little later this week because there's so much going on. Baker Mayfield's shoulder, Odell Beckham Jr.'s shoulder, the rest of the injury report, a regressing defense, and Coach Kevin Stefanski facing criticism for the first time. And there's a huge game Thursday night against the Broncos. Here to discuss it all with me is Dave Chodowski of GO! WKYC Morning News. Dave, how are you? Scott,
1: I'm good. It's been a busy week. We got a lot of fun things planned on uh, go here coming up for the uh, Halloween season, plus the Rock Hall induction ceremony coming up on the 30th. So I've been working on some stories uh, at the Rock Hall. So I've been busy with uh, that part of the job. And then the Browns just clearly keeping all of us busy, right? And oh. I mean, who would have thought going into tonight, what are we, week seven? Yep. And you would be without Baker, without Chubb without Hunt, without Landry, and a list of other guys that might not be out there as well. I mean, it, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, one of the main things that could derail them, and this was clearly at that top of the list, if not the number one factor, and we're living it right now.
0: Yeah, the Browns certainly are. Now, you know, I don't think the injuries cost them the game against the Chargers. I don't think it cost them the game against the Cardinals just because the Browns did not play well, right? And Baker turned it over three times. But when you go into this Thursday night game against the Broncos, it's a game that if everybody's healthy, you say, yeah, the Browns have a a distinct advantage. And now with the injuries, it's such key positions, obviously starting a quarterback doesn't get any more key than that. But then you move to the two running backs, like you mentioned. Um, Let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in in real quick and say that, While I agree with
1: what you're saying, I I definitely think what I guess my point was this could derail it moving forward. Yes. And I I do believe the Chargers game. It wasn't a factor. I do think not having Chubb Baker being injured. I do think that played a factor, though. I think they just got steamrolled. So you're right. They would have lost that game anyway. Um, But yeah, no, no question. You make a good point. I definitely don't think that they would have. Uh, they would have a different record right now because of the injuries. It's more of, of looking ahead.
0: Well, exactly. And I, and I think you're hundred percent right there, Chud. that when you look sitting here at three and three with the game tomorrow um, you look at it, like the season is kind of on the brink. It feels like it's teetering. And a big chunk of that is the injury factor, right? And this game that if the Browns lose, they drop to three and four. And while that's not a death, now the math starts to get fuzzy if you're three and four and you're starting to think, okay, you have to get to 10 or 11 wins to get in the playoffs and you haven't played anybody in the division yet. So this is a huge game. And the fact that the injury drop injury backdrop is what it is. Um, yeah, it, I get the same sense that you do. Is that the injuries could sabotage this key moment in key stretch in the season? Cause we don't know exactly when everybody's going to be back. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong in saying that at all. I just want to be clear that, you know, I don't think you can pin the past on the injuries, but it certainly looms large moving forward. Yeah, look at you only saying ten or eleven wins. What happened to the twelfth? Well, I mean, that was my prediction. I'm just saying to get in the playoffs, you need ten I, or eleven,
1: I'm, right? I'm yeah. te- I'm te- I'm teasing. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it's I, my point. There was is that you, yeah. It's so difficult in the NFL to get in. I mean, and I. Believe me, I thought it was 10, 11, or 12 just with you, Sue. So I'm just giving you a crap, right? But yeah. um, there are people thinking 13, 14 wins. And I, I just, you know, again, you got it. There's so many things that can go wrong in the NFL. And, and it's not even the injuries. I mean, they, they're, they're where they're at right now. And I, I tweeted this the other day. They are what their record is, right? We hear yeah. that cliche all the time. So, uh, you know, the defense isn't meshing. And we're going to get into all of this. But, you know, I think before we recap the last game, I think we got to talk about tomorrow night first, right? Because there's so much going on
0: and huge news today, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, wake up and up a little bit. And luckily, I had, uh, you know, we call them shells. I've been working on, okay, if Baker's questionable, what am I writing? If Baker's out, what am I, or Baker's starting, what am I writing? And then the last of those three options for me was, okay, what if Baker's ruled out? And Case Keenum's the starter. And I didn't have any indication of that. I just, that was the third um, kind of variable, third scenario. And I debated not writing it because I didn't, I wasn't sure that Baker would rule himself out or the Browns would rule Baker out uh, Wednesday, today, Wednesday. And um, then that's what happened. So I was glad I had gone ahead and written, okay, Case Keenum's the guy, so I could get a story posted quick. But, I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than your quarterback being out Right. in how much we talk about Baker and all that. And, you know, Case Keenum, we had a Zoom interview with him today, says he's very ready. He's built for this. Had some good quotes. You know, he's a veteran guy. He started a bunch of games in this league, uh, you know, took the Vikings to the playoffs at one point. So there's a comfort level there. But I think if you take a step back and you go, OK, who had the quarterback edge if it's Baker May- Mayfield versus Teddy Bridgewater? I think it's Baker. And I think when Baker's playing at his best, it's a pretty wide gap. Now, if you just said, okay, Baker, how he's played the last couple of weeks or whatever, I still give the edge to Baker. Now, when you go Teddy Bridgewater versus Case Keenum, you know, I, I think you give a slight edge to Teddy Bridgewater. He's played more recently. Um, he's got, you know, more experience in the last couple of years. Case Keenum hasn't started a game since 2019. So I, I just think it changes everything about this game, and that's before we consider all the other injuries the Browns are dealing with.
1: So, Case, today I caught a little bit of uh, what he had to say. He said he's, he's ready, right? He said he's, he's okay. been ready. That's his job. He said it's going to be a great challenge and that nobody's 100% right now in the NFL. Well, <laughs> Case, the problem is the Browns aren't even close to 100%. They're like, at, like uh, 40. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like he's kind of poo-pooing that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think that's the, the talk, right. You say, uh, you know, everybody's dealing with, you're not using an excuse, all that stuff. Um, And to some degree, that's correct. Right. I mean, you can't get out, you can't get around it. The Browns, you know, like to say, Hey, the league's not going to cancel the game. And they're not. Um, But it is a significant factor. And when you look at all the names um, we've mentioned, most of those, you know, we're talking about the Browns best players and, um, you know, when, and it starts at the quarterback, right. And Baker Mayfield. And I don't care, you know, that he turned it over three times last week. I don't care that he couldn't lead the winning drive against, you know, the chargers or the chiefs in week one, he's, your started quarterback for a reason and he's presumably your future in case Keenum's, you know, a veteran backup that you like to have, but it's a, it's a fallout there. Now, Is it as huge a fall off as it would have been in the way Baker played the final eight games last year? No, but to me, it's still a fall off and you know, if Baker's 85% healthy and able to play. I would prefer Baker to be out there if I'm the Browns. So, you know, you know, I I think there's a trust level in case Keenan because he's played so, you know, like I said, so many games in this league, but you know, like they always say, he's a backup for a reason, right?
1: He is a backup for a reason, but he has that close relationship.
0: I don't, let me ask you this. How close are they?
1: How close are he and Stefanski? I mean, I know he played with them. I mean, but other than playing with them in the Vikings, I mean, is there a lot of history with, with them? It, it, is there more to it than just their tenure there in Minnesota?
0: No, I don't think so. I do. I do think they de- developed a bond. You know, it's 2017 yeah. Keenum winds up coming off the bench after an injury. I think the injuries to Teddy Bridgewater, um, Oh, ends yeah. up starting right starts the last fourteen games of the year goes eleven and three, they win a playoff game on a miracle. So you know you have that bond and Stefanski was a quarterback coach at the time, so it was a tight bond there. And it, there's no doubt that Stefanski brought him here because he knew how he knew how he coached, but he also knew the offense that they were going to install. So you know there is a bond there. I've talked to case, you know, a couple of times over the last two years about. Stefanski, about Baker. Um, you know, when I wrote, a, I wrote a story about Stefanski going back to Minnesota a couple weeks ago, I sat down with Case Keenum in Berea, and we talked about Stefanski and his offense and just a bunch of different things, and there definitely is a bond between those two guys. What happens, and, and you know,
1: well, maybe you didn't know, but of course I'm going to throw this out there. What happens if Case Keenum... just lights it up and the Browns win this game and then let's say Baker can't go again what's the next game Uh, Pittsburgh on Halloween all right now you know where I'm going Uh, now he now Keenum beats the Steelers then Baker's ready to come back then all of a sudden we have the dreaded quarterback controversy what happens if
0: that happens Chad, am I allowed to say I'm not willing to go there? Because I was driving home today thinking Chad's <laughs> going to ask me this. And and I don't even want to entertain it. I know that that's a topic. I know that it's a possibility and a scenario. But I think there's so many steps we have to go through before we get there. That I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure it's worth us talking about. I get it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not a big drama guy. And it feels like, you know, it's kind of. Great drama that's not even there yet. My gut is, the job goes to Baker. The Browns need to find out if Baker's their guy. Um, You know, Case Keenum, as well as he might play this week, or if he has to play a couple weeks, and I got to say, the Browns, the hope is that Baker can play on Halloween against the Steelers. That the swelling in his shoulder goes down, they can do some exercises straight, you know, strengthen the muscles and the ligaments around that torn labrum, and he's able to play um, on Halloween against the Steelers. But... I just think, you know, as well as Case Keenum could play, you know what his ceiling is, right? I mean, after he had that great year with Minnesota, he signs with Denver, goes six and 10 and is one and done there. Then he goes to Washington and goes one and seven and is done there. So, you know, the guy's a good backup, but he's a backup And Baker's, you know, the number one pick and potentially, you know, your franchise quarterback. I know some people are changing their minds about that, but, You know, I think the Browns still consider him at least there's a chance that he can be the franchise quarterback. So I think there would have to be really, really extenuating circumstances for it to go the way you suggested.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great answer. No doubt. Um, And when and when you say suggested, let's make it clear, too, that I'm not saying that uh, Keenum should replace him. I just I'm just throwing out the scenario. If it were to happen, you know, the town we live in and, you know, these fans and you know that would happen.
0: Yeah, I do. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's just, yeah. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. And it's just something that uh, for sure would be on the minds of many if that were the scenario. Because at the end of the day, you got to win games and and they're not doing that right now. So, what do we do about this offense tomorrow night? I mean, what, you know, you talked a little bit about it, but what would your game plan be when you, when you not only are, I mean, the, the heart of this offense, the two running backs and they don't have either of them. Can, can you enlighten fans uh, that might not know as much as uh, you do about these running backs that they're going to rely on now? And, and do you feel like they can step in and, and get the job done, especially with the banged up offensive uh, line?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's such a tough question. Chuck. I mean, not the question. They're in t- such a tough spot. Um, you know, and I asked Kevin Safansky about that. I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday, one of these days, Um you know, about coming up with a game plan on a short week, right? We have to remember it's a short week. So, you know, they played Sunday, all of a sudden you're playing Thursday. So how do you design a game plan when they didn't know for sure until at least yesterday afternoon, possibly this morning, that Baker's not playing, right? Now you know Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt aren't going to play. You're not sure about Jarvis Landry, who could be activated Thursday before the game but hasn't been yet. You don't know about Odell Beckham Jr., so there's so many unknowns and uncertainties and variables. How do you say, okay, we're going to go into a game and run it and try to run it, right? We don't even know if we'll have either tackle. Um, or do we try to drop back and throw it with our backup quarterback and our backup receivers? Like It just feels like Stefanski's hands are tied, and he's in a difficult spot. And, you know, how do you come up with it? Like, how do you come up with the game plan? I, he's talked all week to his players about we got to scratch and claw just to come away with the win. And and I really feel like that is the mindset, whether it takes, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to punt 10 times because we think our defense can stop Teddy Bridgewater and we're going to play for field goals and we're going to hope for a pick six, like whatever it is to keep it a game where you have a chance to win it. Right. Like I I just feel that's how he's going to have to approach this game. Um, So, you know, when you break down the running backs, it's the Ernest Johnson who, you know, he ran for 95 yards on 13 carries last year against the Cowboys. The most extensive work he got, it was after Chubb sprained his MCL in the beginning of that game. And the Browns ran all over the Cowboys, but he looked good. He's, he's got some explosion to him. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's a fighter. Um, You know, you watch him pick up the blitzes like in training camp or even games, not afraid to stick his nose in there. So, you know, they'll be able to run the ball with Dearness Johnson, but obviously it's a step down from Chubb and Hunt. Right. Um, and if you don't have one or both of your tackles, and I think Jack Conklin, the right tackle has a better chance to play than judge Rick Rills. So if you get Conklin back and you pair him with Blake Hans on the left side, like then I feel like you can do some stuff with the offensive line. You only have to help maybe on the left side where maybe wherever Von Miller lines up. Right. Um so, like, I think they'll be able to run it, but I don't think they'll be able to run it for, you know, 150 like they do normally, right? They average 168, I think. Um, I, I think it's unreason- unrealistic to think they'd be able to run it like that. Then you had Demetrik Felton, the rookie, who spends a lot of time at practice. You know, we watch the beginning of practice every day, and he's uh, he's usually with the receiver, right? He so, doesn't have a carry, does he? No, I don't think he does, Chud. So, you know, now, you know, maybe he's a third down back, and you split him out, um, you know, you line them up in the slot some depending on if you know OBJ and Jarvis are healthy or not. Um, but you know, if you play him on third down, it means he's got to pick up the blitz. Do you trust him to do that? Uh John Kelly is elevated from the practice or activated from the practice squad. He becomes the number two or three, however you want to look at it, running back. He's played in the league before, um, a little bigger body than Felton. So maybe he's the third down back. Uh, but I, you know, I think Deanus Johnson's gonna get the bulk of the carries. So, you know, yes, you can run it, but you're not going to run it as well. Um, And then the passing game. Hold on. Can we uh, we go go back to, so
1: I'm coming off a brutal fantasy loss (laughs) and I'm struggling with my number two running back. Do do I go get Durnist or, uh, you know, maybe some people out there are wondering fantasy fans if if he can get it done in the fantasy world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I would put him at, I don't know, 16 to 18 carries, you know, and then the question is, You know, does he run for 80 and does he get a touchdown, right? I mean, do they score? Does he get the goal line carry? Um, You know, I I think there's worse guys to pick up, right? If you know he's going to touch the ball 15 to 20 times, and I feel like he will. I I feel like the Browns aren't going to come drop back and throw it 40 times, you know, with their backup quarterback. So I, I think he's a decent fantasy pickup. I really do.
1: All right, now get to the passing game, as I rudely yeah,
0: interrupted you. No, I, I mean, there's, again, it's the variables. Like, let's say, best-case scenario, Jack Conklin plays um, at right tackle. OBJ plays, even though he's questionable, didn't practice. They activate Jarvis Landry, who has missed four games. I don't think he's 100% yet. You know, just watching in limited action on Tuesday. he? Is he running as fast as normal? Is he cutting as sharp as normal? You know, it's tough to tell watching only a few reps, but – I didn't get the sense that he looked like Jarvis, Jarvis. Um, But let's say those two guys play, you got Conklin, you know, you still got DPJ and you got Higgins and Schwartz. All of a sudden it looks like you got most of your pieces of the passing game, except your backup quarterback, right? So then I would trust Case Keenan to be able to move the ball. You still have your tight ends. I think he knows where the ball is supposed to go in this offense. That doesn't mean he'll always put it there. You know, I think he's a 63% pass guy, which is fine. Um, But I think he'll be smart. I think he'll be able to move the offense, um, you know, like you'd expect a veteran quarterback to do, 62.3%, you know, in his career. 75 touchdowns, 47 interceptions. So that's a decent ratio, um, you know, three to two about. Um, He doesn't move like Baker does. You know, I think Baker's got more escapability than Keenum does. I think Baker's got a stronger arm than Keenum does. So, you know, it feels like a controlled passing game, a controlled running game, a game that sets up for a lower score. And now you got to trust your defense, which has given up 84 points the last two weeks. Now, the Broncos aren't the Cardinals or the Chargers, but still, you know, can you trust this defense? Because I don't think this, I don't think the Browns win tomorrow night until unless the defense plays so much better than it has the last two weeks. So it's going to be interesting. Again, that balance between run to pass. They're not going to abandon the run, um, but if everything goes right from an injury standpoint, maybe they can lean more on the pass if you have Conklin back and if you get either OBJ and or Jarvis back. Do you think Jarvis could play? Yeah, I, I think there's a chance. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd probably put it around – I know this sounds like a cop-out. I'd probably put it around 50-50. Um, I think if you didn't have all the other injuries – and maybe this doesn't factor in. Um, maybe it shouldn't factor in, but I think, I think it does factor in, um, boy, I'm, I'm starting to
1: wonder, and I don't want to talk a lot about this. this, We could talk about this another time, but I'm, I'm, you know, even though the, the offense is about the running game, I'm starting to wonder if Landry's the heart of this offense, like with him not being there, it's really affecting Baker.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it affects everybody. So I don't think it's just Baker. I think it's the entire offense, the energy level. Now he's standing on the sideline. I don't think he didn't fly to L.A., um, but he was on the sideline the other day. But just having him in the offense, having him in the game, in the huddle, I think it does make a huge impact. um, But probably especially for Baker. So yeah, you know, I think in a perfect world you'd give him ten more days and you bring him back against the Steelers and say, hey, Jarvis is one hundred percent. I don't know if they feel like they have that luxury. And I know that Jarvis is pushing to get back as fast as he can. So it would not shock me if I'm writing before 4 o'clock tomorrow that Jarvis has been activated.
1: Before we get to the defense, and that's going to be a major conversation, dude, Odell, <laughs> I mean, how do you come out with that quote last week? And for those that missed it, what, what did he say? His hands are like Purell, 99.9. Yeah, 99. 9. 9. Yep. Okay. And now he said that after we did our podcast already earlier in the week, last week, he comes out and says that and then drops
0: another one. I don't think it's a drop, Judd. I watched it like 15 times. The ball hits his hands and then the, and then Alfred the Cardinals corner gets his hand in there and rips it away. Now maybe he could have secured it because it does hit Odell's hands first. Maybe he secured, should have secured it. Um, but I, but you know, when you say drop or no drop, the Petraic rankings, the Petra <laughs> grades, like PFF, does not give that a drop. Now that doesn't mean you can't put some blame on Odell. But I think, this I guy, think the, this I think guy, guy could come. Play.
1: This guy could come and steal all your Halloween candy. <laughs> all right, egg your house, and you're still going to defend him. That's
0: that's not you, necessarily true, Chuck. You love Odell. You... <laughs> you, you know what? I really don't. But I've developed a little bit of soft spot, and it's more of a. Backlash. I think there's so many Odell haters that yeah. I kind of decided to go the other way. I hear you. But I, mean, I, and and I, I don't want to, so and, so and I don't, so hate him.
1: Him. I don't, ha- I don't hate anybody. I don't hate them. No, I, I just, I, I, I try to go into the, you know, I try to stay away. When, when I look at Odell in a situation like this, I try to stay away from being a fan and someone in the media. I try to look at it in the middle. And um, it, it's just hard because like, I just want him to come out and have that huge game you know, I just want someone to like come out and like have that huge game. And whether it's Odell or Baker or someone that just overcomes everything else. Like I want someone tomorrow to do something special, to overcome all the odds to pull off a win. Is that asking too much? It's
0: not. And then the fact is that they're going to need that type of performance um, because of all the adversity they're going through. Now, maybe that's miles Garrett. Maybe miles Garrett gets four sacks tomorrow. or a strip sack that changes the game, right? Like, I feel like they need that type of performance. If it's Garrett, if it's Dearness Johnson, if it's Odell if he plays or Anthony Schwartz, somebody needs to kind of have a superhero performance. I, I agree with you. And I think that's how teams win games, right? You see Justin Herbert have a game like that or, you know, Lamar Jackson or whoever it is, it doesn't have, have to be the quarterback. But your point's well taken. And, and I, you know, I don't know if Odell's playing tomorrow. I think there's a chance to listen is questionable. I think he'll play. I think he'll fight through it. I think you have to give him credit for, I mean, he got driven into the ground on that right shoulder, was in a lot of pain, comes back, plays the second half, catches five for 79. I mean, those are respectable numbers. And on the one fumble that Baker had, he's got Odell by himself. If he could have had time to set his feet and get the ball to him. And it's a 70 yard touchdown again, you know, should have, would have, could have, but that's not an Odell problem, right? He's behind the defense on a broken play. So yeah, I, you yeah. Know, I, I think when you come out of that game, I go, hey, that's a step forward for Odell. He had two catches a week before. Now he's got five for 79. But yes, he probably should have caught that. He could have caught that pass. I'm not going to say should have. He could have. And i also say this Kareem Hunt should have pitched it to him on the reverse, and Odell might have scored. There's nobody on the right half of the field. And I think Kareem just got the call wrong because if you watch that, Petonio goes, like, throws his hands. I was like, what the heck? The ball was supposed to go back to the right, and instead, Kareem gets tackled. And I don't think Odell gets touched if he, if he gets the pitch. How nervous are you
1: of uh, Von Miller? Did you see his uh, <laughs> yeah. comment?
0: Yeah. And I can tell you, I, I went back and I watched the, the interview. And he <laughs> has a big smile on his face when he says, I'm going to kill him. or whoever's right. blocking me. Right. So, it's, I mean, he didn't say it like, you know, like a crazy man or something. Um, but he put, he wanted the responsibility on himself. He goes, we lost three in a row. I need to put the pressure on me. I'm a veteran guy. Um, he goes when I was getting sacks early in the season. We were winning games because they started three and zero, and he had four and a half sacks I think in the first four games and hasn't had any the last two weeks. Still a big time player. You know, he's getting older. He's thirty three I think, but still a legitimate player in this league. Um, you got You did can't you see, let him break uh, the game.
1: Did you see Keenum's comment today? Yeah, yeah. I was,
0: yeah, I was on the Zoom call. He's funny. He said he talked yeah, to text text him, him and he changed his number or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so, if it's his backup quarterback uh, life doesn't work out uh, – well, it has worked out. But if wait, let me put it this way. When he's done with football, do you think he's going to go on the uh, comedy tour?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a, he might be, what, like a broadcast <laughs> analyst. He's funny. Like, you know what he is? He might go on the, the Champions Golf Tour. He's, oh. he's a big-time golfer. I've talked to him a couple times. And real quick side note. or two. Yeah. First of all, he said he shot – I said, how's your golf game? He goes, well, I'm not playing. You know, I don't play much during the season. But he said he shot a 68, was his career best. And he wow. shot it this summer in Denver. And last year, I talked to him in training camp, I think. And I and he said he'd just gotten back from the golf course or something. And he'd shot like 71 or 69, something, some great score. And I said, oh, man. And I'd shot like 79 that day. And I was like, man, you're going to make me feel bad about the 79 I shot. Because he's like a legitimate. He finished he finished, like, second or third at one of those celebrity things that they have in Tahoe, you know, with all the athletes and celebrities. So yeah. he's a legit golfer that um, maybe makes a run at the uh, senior tour when he turns
1: 50. I think I, think I might remember that. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you, everybody, you do not get nuggets like this anywhere <laughs> else. This is this is what uh, Scott Petrag is giving you here uh, on a side note. That's a good – and it not shocked you as a golfer would uh, throw that nugget out there. Exactly. So, did, did you get some golf in this week, by the way?
0: I was able to squeeze in 15 holes. It was taking too long. I had to leave early. And not, <laughs> and not to brag, but I'm going to do it anyway. I finished with back to back birdies. So it's tougher tough to leave the course when you just made two straight birdies. I'll tell you that. Oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah. Congratulations. That's Thank awesome. I, would, uh, I don't even know what a birdie is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, all right. Boy, did we get this last game wrong? I, yeah. you know, I, we, we've done a pretty good job. I think of, of having an idea how these games would go. Um, you know, we each got one wrong before the last week, but I think even, I think when the analysis is there and we have good support and reason for why we do what we do, even if you did, like you just barely got the Chargers wrong. I right. feel like I just barely got the Vikings wrong again. I'm surprised. how. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering where that defense came from in Minnesota. Cause we, I mean, Again, now I'm starting to think that Bears game was more about fields than the defense, but, the, but then there's the Minnesota game, so then I get confused. I'm like, well, maybe they can do it. So, anyway, bottom line is I feel like the analysis is usually there. Uh, sometimes we're wrong, though. I, I mean, obviously, if we were right all the time, we wouldn't be doing this, and we would really? be millionaires in Vegas, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, boy, we were just way wrong on this last game. I mean, we just have to own it. And I think, um, you know, many people were. I just I, – I was watching the game just blown away at how uh, just it did not go anywhere near it like I thought it had – you know, I thought they'd come in undefeated. This would be the game they lose. They're just on a
0: roll right now. They just buried the Browns. They are good. They're I mean, I knew they were good, right? They're 5-0. Um, they're better than good. You know, you look at that – I mean, the offense has Kyler Murray playing out of his mind. You have four receivers around him, right? We don't even talk about Christian Kirk. And he was good. I mean, he dropped a couple on the sideline, but he got open on a couple of deep corner routes when Troy Hill was trying to guard him out of the slot. Uh, You know, A.J. Green is kind of like a, you know, third receiver for you. You got Rondé Moore, the electric rookie, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they got all kinds of weapons. And then on defense, they got one or two guys at every level. J.J. Watt. I mean, they were missing Chandler Jones. And Zach Allen, but J.J. Watt's really good. Marcus Golden comes off the edge for a couple of sacks. Um, Isaiah Simmons, right? There's so much pub about him when he's coming out of Clemson and has struggled his first year as a rookie, and I think he's playing really well. Uh, He blew up. When they actually ran that reverse to Anthony Schwartz, he blew it up, made a really nice play, sniffed it out. Um, Buda Baker in the secondary. I thought the corners play hard. I mentioned Alford breaking that one up. To Odell, he also had an interception. Um, Byron Murphy is a good player on the other side, so they are legit. And shoot, they win without their coach, play caller, and then the quarterback coach who are home with COVID. So it's incredible, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're it, legit. It, it, and then the <laughs> Browns didn't play their best game, obviously, right? They get into a hole, uh, they go for you know, they again, fourth down, they try to score it, they get sacked on fourth down, blows up. Next thing you know, Baker turns it over twice in a row. And you're down twenty to nothing. Get a spark at the hail mary, and then can't take advantage, and then the game just gets out of hand. So pretty, pretty you know, sad
1: that that you know they scored uh, two touchdowns, right. right? And one of them was a hail mary.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, you look you know look at Baker's numbers at the end. You're like, oh, they're not bad. You know, fifty seven come on a hail mary or fifty three, whatever it was. Um, so yeah, it, it was just one of those days where, you know, it, it was the worst game it was probably the worst game the Browns have played under Stefanski, right? The one in Pittsburgh last year was bad, the opener of Baltimore, but you can kind of explain those. Um, this it was a lot harder to explain, you know, and there were some questionable decisions. I mentioned, you know, criticism, criticism for Stefanski, you know, they come out in empty formation and I know Nick Chubb's not there. I know you don't have your starting tackles. Um, and I know the Cardinals said, we're going to take away the run and, you know, play six, two, which is like a little league defense. And, you know, I think some fans can say, Hey, we're going to make them pay and we're going to throw it and do quick passes, but they weren't able to make them pay until they were trailing. And, but it just surprised me to see them come out and empty and almost say, yeah, we know we're not going to be able to run the ball when your identity is running the ball. Yeah.
1: And hunt as great as hunt is. And we saw him in Kansas city do it by himself. He's not the same with Chubb not there, you know, they, they, the, what they do for each other and wearing the defense down, it's, it's a big loss when you don't have Chubb. I mean, no doubt.
0: I mean, he might be – to me, he's you know might be the best pure runner in the league, and I know what Derrick Henry is doing. Um, so he's maybe number two. But, I, like, I think Chubb is that good as a pure mm-hmm. hand the ball to him. So, yeah, that's a huge loss, um, and you're right. They're better together and Hunt's better with Chubb. And, and I do think we have to remember Hunt was banged up going into that game, even before the calf. He had a wrist and a knee injury. So, you know, I understand why Stefanski said, hey, maybe we're better off with the quick passing game. But it just never got going. And when I say never got going, like, you know, when you look at the end of the score, you go, oh, my God, they get blown out. On the first possession, Baker hits Austin Hooper over the middle, third down conversion at about midfield. James Hudson the third, the rookie right tackle, was lined up a step too deep, so the play comes back, and, you know, they don't convert the first down, they got a punt. Well, you know, if you're midfield first down, maybe you score, right? Next drive, they get inside the red zone, fourth and three, Baker drops back, the first guy he looks to is covered, they blitz, he doesn't get time, you know, he needs an extra second to see Odell running clear over the middle, and takes a sack before he can see that. So you're really only a couple of plays away from maybe getting a little momentum hanging around, but then it starts to snowball and your defense isn't helping you, right? Your defense gives up third and 19 and third and seven and third and whatever. And all of a sudden you're down 14, nothing. And it becomes a different game.
1: I think one of my daughters scored a touchdown on the Browns secondary. I mean, it was pretty <laughs> easy to get wide. O. I mean, what is going on? I mean, I know these are great receivers and Hopkins is, if not the best, one of the top three in the league, but I mean, I just don't understand how you're letting these guys get this wide open.
0: Well, I know a lot of people want to blame Joe Woods, right? The coordinator. And I also understand that the buck stops with him and maybe he needs to simplify things, but I know on that, the one that Deandre Hopkins got so wide open that Denzel Ward lets him go because he knows Harrison, Ronnie Harrison, Jr. The safety is going to be there. And Harrison sees a guy run underneath and jumps the route and leaves Hopkins wide open. And you can't do that. And John Johnson third, the other safety, was adamant about that this week. He goes, we have to be more disciplined as the safeties. And he goes, he said, we're in split coverage. That means you have to have two deep safeties. Well, he's one, and Harrison's usually the other one. And he did the same thing against the Chargers. It led to a long touchdown. Now, Grant Delpit did the same thing against the Chargers, too, and that led to a touchdown. But the safeties have to be more disciplined, and that's supposed to be one of the strengths is the – Johnson, Harrison, Del Petrio, and they're not making enough plays and they're giving up way too many points.
1: Is it a gelling situation, like them not yeah. working together in the past? Is it not communicating? Because I, I agree with you. I mean, you, yeah. I don't think you can put
0: this all in the coordinator. I don't, think it's, I don't think it is gelling or communication. I think it's one player making the wrong decision at a huge moment. I really think like, I don't think Ronnie Harrison got the call wrong. I think he said, Hey, the ball's going to go underneath. And like, those are my instincts. And it's like that eye candy that the coordinator gives you and man, maybe I can break this up or maybe I can get an interception when you really have to just stay home and play your deep safety spot. Um, And John Johnson said, that's, this defense is designed for us to play deep. Everything's supposed to be in front of us and Harrison on those two plays did not keep everything in front of him. So
1: what do you make of the fourth down situation right now? I I, I have to be honest. I I like this new aggressive approach in the NFL. I think that in order to win the Super Bowl, you got to take chances and the great teams are going to do that now. I don't know though, if I agree with how much it's happening. I mean, it's almost like the analytics are going a bit
0: too far. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, I think, I think you have to take in a lot of factors. And part of it was the Cardinals are going to score on the Browns, right? So if you're Kevin Stefanski, you're like, you know, this three points is not going to help me enough. I need touchdowns. Now, obviously, three is better than zero. But if you factor it all in, I like my fourth and three play call. I understand the aggression. I would be stunned if he's as aggressive Thursday night. I think you're going to need to take those points. I think it's going to be a game one in the 20s or teens. And therefore, those three points are way more valuable. Um, so, I, but I understand the philosophy. I understand the decisions. It's all about data and win probabilities, which we talked about. But I'm going to agree with Stefanski. I know he says it and everybody goes, rolls their eyes. But he needs to be better calling those plays on fourth down. And for example, that fourth and three, he had, I think it was Peoples, Jones, and Higgins kind of running a little. I don't know, scissor route up in the right side. And neither of them got open right now. Maybe it's maybe they got to be better and they got to be more explosive or whatever, but that's really not those two guys strengths. Um, So the, the open guy was Odell coming across in the shallow cross, but it was, it was like a second into it. And by then Baker had a guy in his face and he was getting set. So I think Stefanski hasn't been good enough on those fourth down play calls. And now it's not only him, but I think a couple that we can point to, the one against um, the Chargers early in that game, they went for it, and uh, Baker was sacked again. He's been sacked like four times on fourth down. Um, I didn't think anybody was open. So I don't think Stefanski's just saying that. I think it's true, which maybe when you sit down on a Friday, or this week would be a Wednesday, or Thursday morning, with your analytics people and all that, you factor in, hey, the calls aren't working, so maybe we need to change that, win probability and lessen it because we're not as confident that we're going to pick up that fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and fourth. So it's looking like
1: I'm um, looking at the injury report. Now it is uh, looking like uh, Conklin is questionable, right? Yep. Uh, and uh, Wills is questionable. Do you, do you have any gut feeling? And did you mention that earlier? I'm yeah. sorry. Do you have a gut yeah, I feeling?
0: Think, I, I think, I think Conklin, I'm going to guess Conklin plays and Wills doesn't. Now, there's a chance of neither of them does, but that's how I would lean is Conklin plays and Wills doesn't.
1: I mean, it's if you look at this injury report and the Browns, I mean, I'm not going to count it. uh, There's a ton of guys on here. And then the Broncos, it's like a quarter um, of it. So, I mean, they definitely have the edge there when it comes to um, the health. So – I was just kind of looking, um, anything else uh, today? It looks like, uh, I mean, no, there was there was not going to be any media availability today right. until until Keenum uh, talked, so that was it. Um, anything stand out yesterday that you want to hit real quick before we uh, get to predictions and uh, break down the
0: Broncos? No, let me just say real quick that Malik Jackson, the D-tackled, said that Miles Garrett um, had a players-only defensive meeting again, uh, had one of those after the – Texans game in week two, and we know what happened in week three and week four. The defense played its best of the year. Um, So I I am optimistic that this will be a better week for the defense. Now, it helps that Teddy Bridgewater isn't Herbert or Murray. It helps that he doesn't have the same elusiveness. He does have some escapability, but he's got a foot injury, so I don't think he'll be at 100% escapability, which helps the Browns. Um, You know, the Broncos have some playmakers. Noah Fant at tight end, Cortland Sutton at receiver you know, Melvin Gordon and Williams at running back, but not nearly the same caliber of players that they've seen the last couple of weeks. And I think that's really going to help. And I think the Browns will be, not that they're not always motivated, but I think they're going to try to prove that they are closer to the Bears-Vikings defense than the Chargers-Cardinals defense. Uh, And they need it. And the defense needs to play better because most of the injuries are on offense. And this feels like a game that the defense needs to, if not carry the Browns, at least give them a chance to win the game. Yeah, and the Broncos'
1: wins were against the Giants, one of the worst teams yep. in the league. The Jags, one of the worst teams in the league. The Jets, one of the worst <laughs> teams in the league. Are you kidding me? I mean, their yeah. three wins, are, and then they lost to the Ravens, Steelers, and Raiders. Yeah. You know, I was really – I thought the Broncos were going to win that game against the Raiders with all the, the uh, stuff and outside drama the Raiders yeah. are dealing with. I was kind of shocked that uh, uh, Denver got handed their lunch like that. Um,
0: where was that game? Wasn't that game in, De- that game in Denver? game was in Denver. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you, Chad. I picked I picked the Broncos. I thought the Raver, Raiders would not recover, um, but they did. I think the Raiders are better than I give them credit for, maybe from a talent standpoint. Derek Carr made some nice deep throws. Uh, I think you can get the Broncos deep if you have time and um, – You know, you can make a good deep throw. We'll have to see if Keenum is capable of doing that. But I'm with you. I thought the Broncos would win. Now, you know, you look at the Broncos and they're just like they're an average team. Their defense is pretty good. You know, Teddy's okay. Like they're just just run of the mill, Um, which doesn't mean they can't beat you. But it means if you play if the Browns play well, I feel like the Browns win. But the question is, and we hit on this earlier, is where's the Browns ceiling given all these injuries? Right. Is it is it just above the Broncos? Is it even with the Broncos? Like, I think that's kind of an unknown. I still think the Browns are a shade better. Um, but it really depends who shows up for the Browns Thursday night. You know, if, if your start receivers are DPJ and Higgins and Schwartz and your running backs to Ernest Johnson and your right tackles James Hudson, the third you know i'm not sure you're any better than the broncos you're probably not better than the broncos
1: it just goes to show you why and we did it everyone does it the schedule game before the season yep. starts yep. it's almost a waste of time because you never know this is a game i certainly would have thought the broncos would win for sure now there's question so you you just don't know um but bottom line is you got a battle of uh two three and three teams here on on thursday night football so um i guess is it uh, anything else before we get to oh the Muni lot opens at uh, noon in case oh my God. Uh, you, you hadn't heard. I mean, you got to hope the fans really deliver big time tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I expect him to be loud. I really do. I know I got an Uncle Fly who flew in from Denver for this game. I mean, he's a Browns fan. He just lives in Colorado. Um, so he flew in for the game. They're going to be tailgating somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it, I think the place will be jumping. It would really help to get off to a good start. And I, I keep coming back to it. Like, it feels like a miles Garrett game to me is, you know, if he can take it over um, all of a sudden you get the crowd really juiced up, maybe the left tackle slow coming off the ball and you get a strip sack that changes the game. Do you think it's, I heard someone say they thought it was good that the Browns can come right back in a, in a
1: couple of days and, and get that bad taste out of their mouth. Hey, do you think it's good that they have a Thursday night game this week or not so good? Yeah.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I get that thinking. I think it's Batonio. I, like I get that philosophy. I think, you know, the injury situation, no, you want as much time as possible, you know, but I mean, Denver played Sunday and they're flying cross country. So, uh, you know, it it evens out, but I think this is the week where if the Browns had their druthers, you wait three more days and then maybe Conklin's for sure. And maybe OBJ's for sure. Maybe Baker even plays, right? Like the conversations would be a little different if uh, they were playing Sunday instead of Thursday, but they're not.
1: Yeah, it is uh, what it is. This is the schedule. And, uh, be nice if they can get a win here and then have some uh, rest before they uh, welcome the Steelers to town on Halloween. So I'm ready for prediction time unless you have anything else. I mean, I think I think we've had everything. Obviously, a, a busy week on a short week. Uh, again, no Baker Mayfield, as we found out today. Case Keenum will be the Browns starting quarterback. Uh, I kind of like that we just know it now and we're not guessing yeah. up until game time uh we 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 know what we're we're looking at so at that point is there anything else before we get to predictions
0: no i'm good buddy who's who's it this week me or you uh you
1: go first cuz last right. week i went first and then uh i remember you you almost had me thinking you're going to take the cardinals and you ended up joining me with the browns so okay. i think uh we're in the same boat i believe we're both four and two right
0: i think that's right i think that's yeah. right Yeah, Yeah,
1: And And I've lost track of the Vegas odds. I know I will tell you this. I know that I am not doing well when it comes to Vegas and the Browns. I mean, it's just (laughs) that it has not been easy. And I think the line you had mentioned earlier before that um, before we started, we took a look at the line and it was uh, you said it was six right earlier in the week. Now it's the Browns minus two, I think.
0: Yeah, it was it was six when I saw it. And then somebody told me to drop to three and I think it's dropped to two. So, you know, the quarterback moves the line. Right. I mean, a lot you a lot of times you say, oh, my gosh, Miles Garrett's going to be out and the line doesn't move like the quarterback is pretty much the only guy that moves the line. That's and, true. you know, I think that and then the combination of Chubb and Hunt and, um, probably has some effect. But, yeah, so that that's the biggest reason the, the line has switched, has dropped. Um,
1: well, the, ch- the Chubb and Hunt definitely did. Uh, because it went from six to like four three, okay. right? or three, yeah. right? or point is probably and then, the
0: doubt of Baker, right?
1: Doubt The doubt of Baker, mm-hmm. right? And then Baker definitely out. Right. Now it's down to two. Yeah, no, you're right. right. I mean, the court the quarterback definitely drives the bus there.
0: Um, yeah, so I'll give my prediction here. I'm just going to say, and I don't like to, I don't like hyperbole, right? I don't want to exaggerate. This is a huge game, and I, I'm sure everybody realizes this, but The difference between four and three, and then you get 10 days to rest up for the Steelers, and then you start the AFC North games, and, okay, it's time to make a run. The difference between feeling like that in four and three and three and four with questions about your quarterback, um, other injury issues, haven't played a division game yet, and the division looks way better than everybody thought it would be at the beginning of the year, it's two completely different mindsets. So I'm not sure we can overstate, like, the season's not going to be over if the Browns lose Thursday night and you'll be able to say they were missing X, Y, and Z players, but it's a huge game when we think about where the Browns want to go and where most of us thought they would go. Um, having said that, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on Kevin Safansky to figure it out and to be at the top of his game as a play caller, whether that means a trick play, whether that means just the right scheme or the right philosophy, we're going to you know, pound the ball or we're going to spread them out, whatever that is. It's a lot of pressure for Kevin Stefanski to manufacture drives and points because he's missing so many of his guys, right? This is where the coach needs to, I think, rise to the occasion and lift his team with scheme and play calls. So having said that, I just have a hard time thinking the Browns are going to lose three in a row, right? They never lost two in a row under Stefanski in the same season. I think you're home. I think the crowd does give you an edge. I think the defense will play better. It's a better matchup for the defense. You don't have the, uh, you know, mobile quarterback like we talked about. You don't have all the playmakers. So I'm going to go Browns 23 to 20. Okay.
1: 23 to 20 Pet track in for the Browns. I think you hit a lot of key points that uh, it's tough to to disagree with. So I I think I'd be wasting time echoing a lot of what you said. My big factor is going to be Stefanski. I think this is his moment to come out and coach a great game and put the Browns in a position to succeed. I think, and I hope he does that. The home crowd, uh, again, the, the traveling on short rest for the Broncos, just looking at the teams they've beaten, watching them. And I haven't seen a lot, but I've seen a little, I just, I think the Browns three and three is a lot better than the Broncos three and three. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm torn because I will not be shocked if the Browns lose this game. I mean, because of the injuries and because of what they're up against. But at the end of the day, I think, like you said, someone like a Miles Garrett, someone steps up, Stefanski coaches uh, a a great game, or at least a good enough game to get it Mm -hmm. done. It's hard to imagine. um, You know, I I, I just can't imagine three and four right now. So I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go a really tight game. The line is two. I'm going to be right at that, too, and uh, so at the end of the day, it will be a push, and I'm going to go Browns 19, Broncos 17. Uh,
0: okay, low scoring, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see, right? It could play out that way for sure, you know, and I guess I got to say Case Keenum's got to play pretty well, right? He doesn't have to play great, but right. he can't turn it over. He no, can't kill the Browns, right? Like, he just has to manage this game and give them a chance to win, and I think that's the kind of quarterback he is.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get it done. You'll be there, right? Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah.
0: All right. Chad, I really appreciate you making the time Um, during a crazy week. I think it's a good one. I'm glad uh, the timing worked out. We all, we knew most of the injury news at least and uh, have a little preview. So thank you, Dave Chodosky. I really appreciate it. And thanks everybody for listening. This has been another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. you can read all my work at brownzone.com, which is sponsored by Fligners. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.